Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White.
again to the Real Talk with Tanya White show, and we just want to give that song to all the super women out there who are single mothers and trying to make it happen every single day. This show is designed uniquely for you. I want to say hello to everyone who is logging in on chat and on the phone. This show is a part of our February Relationships Month, and so we're talking about single mothers and uh, the relationships with their kids and the struggles that they go through. And so we're going to give practical tips tonight to single mothers. If you are a single mother and you want to share, uh, have a question or share your comments, we want you to call in at 347-215-6446. If you are a new listener to the Real Talk with Tanya White show, I am your host, Tanya White, and we kick real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Our, our motto is that we are always, always rated R, and rated R for being real, relevant, and refreshing. Now, last week was a phenomenal show. We talked about dating on the job. It was hot because we had the relationship coach himself on, uh, Ryel Sims, and he gave some great nuggets about dating on the job, the do's and the don'ts of dating on the job. So if you missed that show, Listen to the archives, but this show is going to be awesome as well. Our guests tonight are Denise Bowles, and in our Boast About Your Book segment, we have Marion L. Thomas, the author of Color Me Jasmine. Now, if you are on any social networking site, you have seen Color Me Jasmine, uh, the reviews, everything. So I am so excited to interview her so that she can boast about her book. Now, all February long, we're kicking real talk about relationships. So join us next week uh, because we're talking to the sensational Shelby Hill, a relationship expert, uh, just awesome man of God. And um, he's going to be talking about dating for the marriage-minded and healthy single. Uh, I love Shelby because he, he does. He kicks it real uh, about relationships, about dating, about marriage uh, from a great, healthy male perspective. So next week is going to be Dating Toolkit for Marriage-Minded Healthy Singles. Then Sunday on our Secret Sunday, which is going to be the 21st, the third Sunday, instead of the second Sunday, because you know this second Sunday is Valentine's Day. And we all want you to show some love to the ones you love. So we're not going to have Secret Sunday. We're going to, on second Sunday, we're going to have it on third Sunday instead. And we're talking to uh, Dr. Harold Arnold. And he's talking about how you can move from a rocky marriage to a marriage that rocks. He is the author of Marriage Rocks for the Christian Couple. And also Jewel uh, Powell is going to be back, and she's going to get some insight about healthy marriages. And then on the 25th, we have Kim Brooks. She has a new book coming, about, coming out about uh, how I can date and stay saved. So February is going to be hot, 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 and so we want you to join us every single show, live if you can. But if not, we would love for you to listen to the archives. Now, before we bring on Miss Marion Thompson, we want to encourage you to visit TanyaWhite.com. Listen, if you are a fan of the Real Talk with Tanya White show, you're going to love the information. The products that we have at TanyaWhite.com, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, Tanya's Tips, that gives you tips for today to transform your tomorrow. You can purchase uh, my fourth book that's coming out March 1st, Girl, You Can Win, The Ten Highly Essential Habits of a Winning Woman. That is my best book to date. 
you guys, if you are destined and determined to be a winning woman this year and beyond, this book is a great tool for you. It's it's only about 100 pages, but it gives you power-packed information to help you soar beyond your wildest dreams. You can get that right now on my website at TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color. We will send you an autographed copy. If not, you can go to Amazon.com. They will send it out uh, starting March 1st. Also, you can get uh, my three relationship books, The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell, Relationship Reruns, and How to Deal with a Difficult Woman. These books will lift your spirits and help you live your absolute very best life. And also, while you're visiting TanyaWhite.com, if you want to become a sponsor of the Real Talk with Tanya White show, listen, we have affordable sponsorship for $50. We do massive marketing, and we encourage people to go to your site, purchase your product or services, and that's just $50 per month. Listen, February and March are going to have power pack guests on, so get more bang for your buck. So shoot us an email at realtalk at tanyawhite.com or just go to tanyawhite.com, our online store, and purchase your monthly sponsorship for just $50, you guys. We would greatly appreciate it because your sponsorship dollars helps to pay for our book giveaways that we give our wonderful listeners, uh, Pay for uh, helps to pay for our assistant, Miss Leah Hubbard, who does a phenomenal job uh, booking the guests and getting everything in order for us, and we love her dearly, and just a host of other things. So you will, your sponsorship dollars will go to great use. And so uh, visit TanyaWhite.com for that. Listen, we're ready to get started right now for our boast about uh, our book segment, and we have Miss Marion L. Thomas. Marion Thomas is the author of Color Me Jasmine, and she is a native of Chicago and has a passion for the words that reflect the issues that face women today. Listen, you guys, we have a lot of issues as women, and but we have a lot of people helping uh, women to be the best that we can be, uh, and Marion L. Thomas is one of those. Uh, the concepts of putting her words into written form wasn't realized until her second year in high school when she wrestled with the thought of writing a book uh, that she then called What Color Is Jasmine? But it it wasn't until 20 years later that she debuted Color Me Jasmine, and it was just a few years prior to this accomplishment that she completed her bachelor's degree in business communication, graduating magna cum laude. Congratulations, Mary. Listen, she now resides in Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband and her very sport dog. And listen, we're excited to have Miss Marion L. Jones on tonight for the Real Talk with Tanya White show for our Boast About Your Book segment. Hello, Marion. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the show. Uh, listen, I love the cover. Like I said, if you're a part of any social network and you've seen Color Me Jasmine, the reviews and everything, but before we get into this book, can you tell us who you are in your own words? Well, I am um, a wife, an author, mm-hmm. a storyteller, um, very passionate about helping women to really help them to push past the pain of their past. And just really, I, I feel that I... I try to be very humble, very down to earth, and um, I enjoy uh, helping people and talking. <laughs> yes, listen, wonderful, wonderful picture. It's it draws you in the cover of Color Me Jasmine. 
Thank you. Now, what is Color Me Jasmine about? Who is the main character and what, what struggles does she have? Well, the main character is Naya Monet, and she really represents so many women. You know, as women, we go through so many struggles, um, you know, from struggling to make ends meet to learning who we are and to really understanding um, how we can have an impact on others and actually how our personality, our attitudes, our emotions, our journeys, our struggles, all of those things actually have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. And so that is all of the things that really encompasses who Naya Monet um, is and who she learns that she can become. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really in, what I really enjoy about the character. Yeah, Naya Monet. Where where did you get that name? It's so unique. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. I had a friend of mine that was pregnant, and she was looking for names to name her daughter, and I came up with Naya Monet. Uh, not actually thinking she would name her daughter that, but that is exactly what she named her. So I, I it's always stuck with me um, ever since I was in high school for some reason. Um, when I first started uh, working on a different version of uh, Color Me Jasmine, um, the, the main character's name has always been Naya. It's just okay. a name that I've always loved. Naya. Do you know what that means uh, by chance, Naya? No, I don't, but it just sounds, you know, the main character is a jazz singer, so it just mm-hmm. has that jazz flavor to it that I think really just encompasses who she is. Listen, that does, now that you said it, Naya Monet. Now, you said she she has struggles just like every other woman. What are some of the struggles that Naya Monet has to encounter? Well, I think the one of, you know, she has relationship struggles. She has identity struggles. Uh, race struggles, people that judge her based on the color of her skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she has the struggles of basically going from a, um, being a young adult to adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. She starts comes to understand that you know when you meet a man, you don't judge him by the by the shininess of her of his shoes, but mm-hmm. more by the character of who he is inside. So all of these are the things that women, you know, as we live our lives we have to go through. And so that those are the things that she goes through as well. Now, you said something, two things that were key. You said uh, identity and relationships. Don't you yes. think that those, uh, they play off one another? Like if you have identity uh, uh, crisis or issues, that you're going to have relationship problems? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was listening to a show on the radio um, not too long ago, and uh, the, the radio host was talking about women and how they really need to understand men. And, and that is true, but I, I firmly believe that women have to understand themselves first. Right. I mean, they must understand who they are, and then they must understand their expectations, because if they don't under, understand their expectations, then how can a man fit into those expectations? You'll tend to lower those expectations when you don't understand them or have any. And I have been teaching this for so many years and practicing it in my own life, but it's Mm -hmm. so hard, and it's a simple concept. When you know yourself, then you're going to know what you want, you're going to set those boundaries, and you're going to be able to communicate them to people. One of the most, uh, 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 most important things that I believe that 
happens in not only just in a male-female relationships, but in friendships, is that we don't know what we want from others. And so we just go along, and when something doesn't uh, happen or go according to what we thought we wanted, then mm-hmm. we just get mad uh, and don't communicate that. And so I know that's a struggle with uh, and me in certain instances and, and women in general. And so it's very important uh, for women, women, because I believe that we nurture the earth. When we teach the earth uh, how to be and how to conduct ourselves, because we just have that within us. What are you? What are your thoughts on that as as women? I definitely think that you know you have to, as women, we have to um, understand that we have to grow. It's a growing process when it comes to our emotions and yes. the the things that we have to take on. And we're going to make mistakes, no matter how much you might understand yourself and how much you might set expectations. It doesn't mean that you're going to do things perfectly. And you have to understand that, you know, there are going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. You know, you talked about friendships. You know, that's another struggle that the main character, Naya, actually goes through. Because, you know, in our lives, we often run across friends that I call are the revolving door friends, Mm. you know, are the ones that, you know, come in and out of your life and you really wish you had that key to shut the door closed permanently and throw it away somewhere where no one can find it. Wow. And that's kind of, <laughs> and that's kind of the, the, the struggle that Naya goes through. You know, we, you know, trying to understand who her real friends are. Oh, but she first learns that she has to, again, goes back to understanding oneself. Yeah. So I think that's another struggle that readers will see uh, occurs within the story that really relates to um, the struggle of women in general. Yes. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya, I'm talking to Marion L. Thomas, author of Color Me Jasmine, Naya Monet. Uh, listen, you said she's a jazz singer, and I know yeah. as as an author, sometimes when I don't want to deal with some things that I must deal with, I escape into my work. Does the character do that with her music? Oh, absolutely. I mean, jazz, the lyrics of jazz are really come from the heart, and that's Mm -hmm. what drives her. That's her passion. That's what she delivers. That's what motivates her. That even helps her to find herself. She doesn't truly find herself uh, except for when she's singing Mm -hmm. because that gives her an opportunity to release those emotions and tell a story of whatever her journey uh, is that she's that she's on. So I think that readers will find that when they read the book and they, they read the lyrics of the songs that she's actually singing, whether in her head or on stage, mm-hmm. they'll really be captured by the fact that this is who the character is. She is a jazz singer, and that's why I call the book Color Me Jasmine, J-A-Z-Z, Mm-hmm. M-Y-N-E. Mm. Great. That's very unique. Now, listen, I'm reading, I'm on your website right now, so can you give our <laughs> listeners your website uh, address? No problem. It's www.marionlthomas.com. Marion L. Thomas, listen. Now, why should readers go get this book other than we see you see the rave reviews? all over the Internet. Why would one person want to pick up Color Me Jasmine right now? Well, there's a lot of reasons. You know, first of all, if you've ever gone through um, 
seen, you know, uh, child abuse, if you've ever gone through physical abuse, if you've ever gone through the struggles of life in general, or if you found that the things that are Naya Monet are you, mm-hmm. then it's definitely a reason to read the book because reading someone else's story really helps us to push ourselves past the pain. It helps us to move away from the past, deal with it, and really move on to the future. So any woman, whether you've you know, gone through those struggles, um, will find that there's something in the character of Naya Monet that relates to them. Yes, and I'm, I'm reading uh, some of the clips about the story. You have a theme such as single mother, uh, reconnecting with her son, uh, right. and all that, those feelings right there that she has to deal with. And you, you clearly said she has to re- go back into her past right? Uh, to, you know, connect some things together. Now, how long did it take you to actually uh, re-release this book? I know you said you had the idea in high school, which I think is funny. Uh, yes, yes. And I actually finally sat down and um, really started working very seriously on the manuscript. Um, it took me a couple of months to actually finish the story. Um, it actually came out in February of um, 2009 um, when I first released it. And as an author, a new author, you know, you, you go through your own challenges. You go through your own struggles. And I went through, um, um, re, you know, changing the cover of the book because I really felt like the cover, the initial cover, didn't really capture the character. Mm-hmm. And so the book was actually re-released. Um, in November of 2009, and it's really, um, people have just responded very well to the cover of the book, and, and I have been very excited about that. But um, that yeah, is... Cover, even in her eyes, you see sadness, yes. you see hope, and they draw you into her um, yes. and make her approachable. I, I, I absolutely love the cover. Uh, Thank that's, you. That's what one thing that I was like, oh, okay. Uh, now... <laughs> What advice, I always love to when we do both about your book, what advice can you give to aspiring writers out there, somebody right now who's working on their first manuscript, they have high hopes this year of publishing it, getting it published uh, and getting it into the hands of readers. What three things, uh, nuggets of advice would you give them right now as they're writing? Well, I, you know, I have a blog, um, and it's really, I did a series called Page Forward, and it really talks about, how you can really page for your writing thoughts in 2010. And it breaks that word page up into really helping you to focus on areas of writing. You know, you have to have passion. You have to have, you have to be active in your writing. You know, you have to really um, generate a story that engrosses a reader. And then you have to be able to evolve you know, your story not only has to evolve, but you as a writer has to be able to evolve as well. You know, and you're going to do that through, you know, working with an editor, working with the publisher, things of that nature. You know, you have to be willing to do that. Yes, it's your story, but, you know, critiquing criticism is always a good way to help you evolve as an author. Yeah, you said the C word, Marion, criticism. Uh, <laughs> I say all the time. Because uh, sometimes we have a great idea, and right. especially when you're a first-time author, you want to stick with the idea. Right. Uh, and you have to be open. 
mm-hmm. especially if you if you soliciting advice from experts, you have to be willing to receive their advice. And uh, and so we sometimes we think criticism is so negative, but it is absolutely positive because what it does is just pulls out of you even more to make your story or your book uh, what it's supposed to be. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and if you find someone that says, you know, they don't like your story because they read your book and they don't like it, uh-huh. that's okay, too. I mean, you know, right. think of it, you know, if if everyone in the world loved the book that you wrote or I wrote or, or whatever the case may be, then, you know, wouldn't that be great? But the, the reality of it is is not everyone is going to love your story, but it doesn't mean that you can't take pieces of advice that they give you and make that story better. Right, you got to you got to take take what's for you and move on. Now, Denise, oh, Denise, I'm sorry, Marion. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, what other projects do you have coming up this year or next year? Well, I'm actually working on a second book. Um, it's going to be called My Father's Colors, hmm. and I'm hoping to release that one um, by the end of the year. So you keep telling myself I need to get on the ball. <laughs> And um, I work also on a magazine called Newbies Magazine, um, Uh and then I also work on the blog. Um, So there's a lot of things that I, you know, I'm actively involved in that I'm working on this year as a way to, as I say, page for my own thoughts. Page for, I love that. Passion, act, be active, generate, and evolve. Um, And so you said your next book is going to be My Father's Colors, is yes. colors like your thing? Some, you know how writers have their thing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's colors, <laughs> colors your thing in the title. Well, you know, I think so. I, I think the reason why is because, you know, often when we think about color, I use the analogy of a crayon box to describe all of the emotions and struggles and journeys of Maya Monet because in the crayon box it's made up of many colors. And we have to determine whether we allow someone to color us Mm. or we allow ourselves to determine, make up our own colors in our lives. And so when you find, when you meet someone, you're not just meeting them and and finding out their name. You're really determining what color they are, you know, and you're finding that within that color there are so many possibilities because even the color white is made up of, numerous colors, you know. So it really helps us to see that, you know, we're never who we truly, we never, we're never who people think we are on a surface. It's when they get to know us and all the things that make up, make who us, make us who we are, then they understand the color that we are. That is phenomenal, Marion. <laughs> phenomenal. I, I never thought about it that way, but it's so true. Yes. Oh my goodness! Now listen, we loved having you on the show. We're, we're definitely going to have you back. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I would love to come back. Yes. Now give us your contact information. If somebody wants to purchase a book, where can we get it? Where can we stay in contact with you? Uh, and all that great stuff. Okay. Well, again, my website is www.marionlthomas, and that's M-A-R-I-O-N L Thomas. You can actually purchase the book through my website. Um, it is available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, their audio book is also available as well for those that prefer audio books. Mm-hmm. That's available on audio.com. Uh, um, I also have what I call a signed copy package where readers can get a copy of the book signed 
Um, they can also get a, a, a DVD of the book trailer, and they get a very nice recyclable tote bag to carry it all in. And that's available on my website as well for anyone that would like that. Wow, that's phenomenal. Very unique. Thank you. Now, are you, the audio book, are you uh, narrating it? I'm sorry? Are you narrating it? Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. It's actually, um, it, there's a, an a actress that actually narrates the book, um, um, and I've actually never met her, but um, the company that actually did the um, the production of the audio book um, selected her, and I think she did a, a phenomenal job. I mean, she really, I mean, you can actually go to audio.com and hear a sample um, of it. Um, you can also go to my website and hear a sample of the audio book but oh my goodness, listening to her actually read the you know the story and really just take on the character of Naya will just it will move you. Wow, that's how well, I, I say that because you have you have a, such a, a calming uh, voice and everything. That's what I wanted to know. Oh, thank you. Yes, I actually I consider it to be honest. I considered it you know narrating the book, but. You know, and this is, you know, something for any author perhaps looking to um, do an audio book. You know, if you want to market your book on websites like audio.com and iTunes.com, um, you won't, it, it will be, I wouldn't say impossible, but it would be close to it if you don't have it actually professionally done um, through narration. So they're very, very um, strict in particular about um, the audio books. And so it's very important that you look at, uh, as great as your voice might be, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's very important to perhaps look at having someone do it that does it for a living. Well, and like you said, when when somebody ca- captures your character or captures the essence of your book, that's gratifying too, and it, it makes Absolutely. people say, okay, we can get it. Wow, we're, right. we're definitely going to have you back. We usually have a... a a writer series in April, and so we're okay. definitely going to have you back because I really want to find out more about the audio side of it. So you have been phenomenal. Thank and, you so uh, much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, and you continue success on Color Me Jasmine and uh, finish that second book, Marion. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. We'll okay. follow up with you later, and you have a fabulous weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we just had the boast about uh, your book segment with Marion L. Thomas, author of Color Me Jasmine. Listen, go to her website right now, Marion L. Thomas, Marion, M-A-R-I-A-N-L-T-H-O-M-A-S.com. Visit her uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Get this book uh, and read her blog. She, she looks like she has a, a phenomenal uh, information on there, especially for writers. Listen, we're going to bring on Denise Bowles. Uh, she's going to give us some SOS for the single mother. And before we bring her on, I want to read a little bit of her bio. Uh, Denise is a single uh, mother of a son, and we're going to focus in on that, Mothers Raising Sons. And she has written the book, Raising Princes to Be Kings. And one thing I love about her website, and you can visit her website right now at boldlioness.com, she has a statement on there, and we're going to talk about this, motherhood by choice and not by chance. 
And so we're just going to bring her on. We're not going to take a break. We're going to bring her on because I want to get into uh, some practical tips when it comes to single mothers, dating, parenting, raising healthy and productive children. I want that uh, information out because as a teacher, I see so much uh, that's going on with uh, struggling single mothers, what they're doing great, and what the areas that they need help in. And so I am so excited to have Denise Bowles on for the first but not the last time. So welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Miss Denise, hello, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, I love your website, first of all. And oh. a lioness, that that just just excited me because it is bold. It is courageous. And um, I love all those adjective words. So before we dig in, Denise, I want you to tell our audience who you are in your own words. Well, I'm a single um, African-American mom by choice. And um, I am uh, MSW. I have a master's degree in social work. I've been working as a medical social worker, working with low socioeconomic women and children for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently getting ready to go back to my Ph.D. My son is now a sophomore in college. He's studying to be an elementary school teacher. And oh, I've had I'm an elementary school teacher. Tell him to go for it. Four <laughs> males in that field. Yes, he's very good, and he, he found his calling on his own, and I'm very proud of him. He has a lot to give to our young people, so I'm very, yes. very blessed. Yes. And um, I've been through a lot of life circumstances, and I've learned a lot in life. So I'm, I'm ready now to, to give back and to really empower our black women and because I really understand them. And, and understanding myself, I understand my fellow black women, and I'm just really proud and happy that God has given me this opportunity and given me this calling to do. Wow. Listen, uh, you said Ph.D., so that's confirmation for me. I've just decided to go back for mine, too. So we can <laughs> one another as we're both pursuing Ari and everything. That. Oh, gosh. Yes, it, it took years for me to finally say, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is what I need to do. But listen, let's talk, before we get into some questions about single mothers and giving those practical I want to go to your website because your website is very unique. Uh, when you get there, uh, literally, you I got a surge of courage, uh, of uh, yes, I can, of motivation to step outside uh, the, the box and to conquer, even though I'm not a single mother. But I felt that way. Where did the concept for your website come from? Well, you know, I want to empower women. I want to be able to engage women so that they can take the knowledge, they can take the experience, they can take the wisdom that I've gained, and I then they can go forward in life with that and not have to keep a sense of dependency with me and, and a sense of dependency on something. So my web page is, is basically my personality. What you see is what you get. And I'm not man bashing, and I'm not putting down fatherhood. I came from a loving uh, two-parent home, and my father was the son, and I was his shadow. But I really want to strengthen women, and I and I love women so much that, and I believe in us so much that I really come from a very strength-based model that I learned so many years in social work. Listen, first of all, we have. Automatically, we have so much in common uh, because you said I'm not male bashing. So evidently, you get that 
probably because of this title that uh, this phrase that I love, motherhood by choice and not by chance. That's my next 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 question. Where did you come up with that? Because that is so powerful, especially in these days and times. There are a lot of mothers that, uh, uh, uh oh, I'm a mother, but you said motherhood by choice and not by chance. Can you explain oh. that? It, it came to me a, a long time ago. I've had this button, this little tiny button, and you know how something sticks on your desk and you move it around year to year and it gets put in storage and it comes back out. Well, I've had this little tiny button for a long time, and on it it says parenting by choice, not by chance. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what, that's me. I'm a mother, and I'm a mother by choice, not by chance, meaning that I had a marriage, and the marriage dissolved, and my baby and I had to start our lives together. And I wasn't going to just haphazardly go forward into motherhood on a whatever or my prerogative attitude that is predominant here in today's society. Instead, I made a choice. I made a conscious, concerted choice to raise my son in a certain atmosphere because I knew and I understood the value of raising him, and he is the best 401K. He's the best investment I've got. So mm-hmm. I made a concerted, uh, conscientious choice to raise him in a certain atmosphere of safety, respect, and education uh, so that he can grow up and, and be a man and have something to offer his wife and to his community. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we are talking to the dynamic. Just going to call her dynamic, Di- Denise Bowles, and we're, we're talking about single mother, and we're talking about her phrase, motherhood by choice, not by chance. Now, that leads me to my next question, Denise. You, you said uh, you made a choice not to raise your son haphazardly. <laughs> oh, awesome. And that leads me to this question. I, I want to know, what are some self-inflicted trials that most single mothers, uh, put on themselves and need help a- avoiding for the sake of the children? Well, you know, I my book describes a lot as far as the realism and the life experience that I had in 18 years of raising my son. And it, it, the, the book comes to a slight end at him walking across the stage to get his high school diploma. But what happens with a lot of single moms is they constantly hear society reinforce to them that they have to have a man in the house. Mm. You're not complete unless you have a man in the house. That boy needs a man in the house. And what ends up happening is that woman feels so pressured that she ends up compromising. She ends up settling for a man to be in the house. And sometimes, more uh, more chances of than not, we open a newspaper and we see the outcome of that poor choice. That baby, that child is either murdered or molested by a boyfriend of the mother. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, what I Can you did. Can you say that I, once again? Can you say that once again? Okay. Uh, we, society keeps reinforcing to our black single moms you have to have a man in the house. You need to have a man in the house. And I'll explain that because I was married twice. My second marriage, I listened to society. And I said, yeah, you know, Denise, I came from a two-parent family. i got to give my son a father, too. And I married a man based on societal pressure, and this man turned out to be physically abusive. Mm. And what I'm saying to women out here is you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to listen to the societal pressures. You can be complete. You can be safe. You can be productive. You can be harmonious in your house without a man present raising your child. And I'm living proof of that, and that's what I write about in my book, how 
you know, I lived through these, these dark times of making very poor choices based on society pressuring me to have a man in the house. And in, nine, in 2009, we've seen the newspapers so many times where our young children are murdered and molested by the boyfriend because the mom went out to work or went to the store and she left this, her baby, her baby, with this man. And a, a tragedy ends up happening. And I'm just trying to really get women to understand you don't have to follow societal pressure and societal dictates. You don't. Listen, and this is so relevant, especially in my life right now, uh, dealing with some family and friends who are uh, buying into societal uh, motives. And and I, I know that it's hard as a single mother, and I know you want that companionship, but sometimes, mo- all the time, you need to think about your child. That goes back to your phrase, motherhood by choice and not by chance. When you become a mother, you have to make that choice. I, My children's safety, my children's well-being, my needs are secondary right now until I provide safety, as you said, teach them how to be, res- and, you know, raise them up in respect. And that I'm seeing it more so ever as a, ch- as a teacher uh, when I have conferences with some of these single mothers and, or when I even talk with some of my students what is really going on in the home. And that is so, uh, that is the number one, uh, in my opinion, the number one thing that is making children unproductive, unsafe, are the choices that uh, single mothers make. And it's it's due to a whole lot of things. Like you said, society could be family tradition, uh, could be who they're around, but you have to make that choice to be mother and provide safety for your children. Now, all of what you said is so true. What practical advice, somebody right now, a uh, single mother, children uh, right now is dealing with dating a man she doesn't know but she's you know she wants quote unquote a father she wants companionship so she's at the expense of her children uh making unhealthy dating choices uh what would you say to her right now she may not call in but she's listening okay if you're listening to me single mom i want you to know that i'm sorry that Life did not give you exactly what you wanted, that you ended up in a circumstance that went well beyond your control, and you're disappointed. I want you to know, single mom, that you can trust yourself again. I want you to know that your children love you and believe in you and exist only because you made the decision to keep that pregnancy. I want you to understand, single mom, that it is so imperative that you keep your sanctuary, your home, as safe as possible. And that also means that you screen this man as carefully as possible. You may have feelings for him. You may lust him. He may sexually do everything you want him to do. He may buy you a few trinkets, but that does not guarantee your safety. You have to do a background check on this man. You have to sit down and talk to this man and find out exactly what his parental beliefs and boundaries and norms are. You have to find out what his goals are for the next five years. Is he going to be working and providing? Is he going to be able to take care of you if something happens to you? How does he feel about your children? You know, biology always states, and if you ever watch the nature shows, the lion, when he takes over that pride, the first thing he does is kill off all the cubs. Mm. First thing he does is destroy all the young, and he starts all over again with his. 
So it's very important, single mom, that you introduce your child to your boyfriend very slowly because children are excellent interpreters of personality. And if your children don't mesh with this man, don't force it. You need to pull back. You need to strategize again. And maybe you need to walk away from that man because there's something about him that your children pick up that you don't, and you have to trust yourself again. The biggest fallacy with single moms is, They messed up in the relationship. They gave their egg to the wrong man. They made a poor choice, and now they don't really trust themselves. So I'm going to go out here and get John. I'm going to go out here and date him, and he's going to to take over that whole trusting for me. I'm going to let him discipline my kids. I'm going to let him... I'm going to let him pick them up. I'm going to let him bathe them alone. I'm going to let him basically run the house because I don't trust myself any longer because I made one bad decision. So single moms, I'm out here telling you, you can make good decisions again. You can trust yourself again because your children have never stopped trusting you. They've never stopped loving you. They've never stopped believing in you. You just made a bad choice. There's erasers on pencils. So get back into the groove And remember, your sanctuary, your safety keeps you alive, and it allows you to be the best person you can possibly be. Mm, mm, mm. Denise, you're dynamic, because that is is, somebody's listening, and they're not calling in, and I just feel that, that they needed to hear that right now. Now, you you told them what to do. Now, do you have any statistics on uh, percentage of households being run by single parents, single mothers? Right now, do you have those statistics? Well, you know, the, the statistics of uh, just coming in now for 2009, there's over 84% of homes right now being run by single-parent households, mm. meaning just the mom. Uh, and we don't know if it's due to incarceration. We don't know if it's due to death. We don't know if it's due to failed relationship. But the thing is is that we have to understand that sometimes those statistics are uh, kind of skewed because those single-parent households could be the grandparent who's now the second-time-around parent. Mm -hmm. And we also have to define in society that, that in my book states, there are four types of single moms. And the first single-type mom is the woman who is married. She's got the baguettes and the carrots up to the second knuckle, but her husband has absolutely nothing to do with the upbringing of her children. So she goes to the school. She goes out in the community, and the community and the school see her as being a single mom, regardless of her marital status. Wow. Yes. Okay? And the second one, of course, is a traditional single mom like myself, just the the child and the woman in the household. Then you have the third type of single mom who has the boyfriend in the house, the significant other. They never marry, but, you know, they're cohabitating with the kids. And so far it's working out, but that's a very slippery slope. The third type is the absentee, you know, joint custody where the child is jockeying back and forth between mom and pop, you know, six months here in this school district, six months there with uh, the other parent. And then lastly, which I didn't include in my book, is the grandparent who's now the second time around parent. So there's actually five different types of single parents. And we have to recognize and understand these type of dynamics that are happening in families because once you understand them, you'll be able to communicate and outreach better to those families and empower and strengthen them. Yes, it's so true. Eighty-four uh, percent. That is, <laughs> we're moving quickly towards a hundred. Because I, the the numbers I had was seventy percent, but that was a few years ago. Eighty-four um, is huge. So, as a community, um, let's start with the community of family. Uh, 
single mothers their own family. What could what how can we help bring this number down for single mothers uh who are raising kids by themselves? Because I do know most single mothers uh most of them are live in poverty, working the working poor. Well, what could we do to reduce those numbers? You know, we would have to go back in history and change time a little bit. We would have to eradicate the inception of crack coming into our neighborhoods. We would have to go back in slavery times and after slavery time and give this ethnicity of ours a chance to heal and understand the male-female relationship, which we never had that opportunity to do. So you have the black man today still being as promiscuous as possible because 400 years ago his master told him to do that. Mm-hmm. And because he could not protect his woman, he could not marry and have a wife, he could not like and hug and love and build a family because his children were ripped from his arms and sold. Black men and women have a very poor dynamic in understanding marriage and relationships to this very day. So unless you really understand the black man and not buy into the societal hype that you constantly hear, you will be out there bashing, you'll be out there judging, you'll have your your dream man list as long as my height, and you will be unfulfilled. Now, I say this, listeners, only because through my son and raising him did I really come to the very good understanding of what it means to be a black man and how challenging it is to be here in society. My father raised me, and he did an excellent job, but my father was already a man when I came into his life. So he didn't teach me as much as my son did from pampers on up to, you know, graduation. By living with my son and walking through his life with him, I was able to learn more about the black man and really have a better understanding. So when society wants to point out something to me as being the latest trend, when society says, you know, bash and, you know, all our black men are no good, I'm up there saying you're wrong. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You you cannot, especially from within. We got to, like you said, we got to heal from within. You have to know and see the good in that and not buy into the stereotypes. Totally true with that. Now, when when you do, when you have bought into that, and and some single mothers out there, uh, they're 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 trying to change. They're trying to make a change in a, a tremendous change in their life right now. But they have bought into that. They may have not uh, began uh, in the beginning to raise their sons and their daughters uh, properly with healthy self esteem. How can they make that turnaround um, from the from the kids' point because say the kid is 12 now, but for most of their life they've, they've heard the negative, they've, they've seen the negative uh, in in their home. How can that mother make that turnaround? Is it too late? Is it not too late? It's never too late. It's never too late because we are all human beings, and a human being simply wants to be heard and validated. So for the teen mom, uh, she, she's raising that teenage young man, and he is absolutely not hearing her right now. She needs to sit down and talk to him. She needs to, first of all, admit she made a mistake and say that she's sorry. Mm-hmm. And she needs to let him know that she's working as hard as she can. She has to actually live what she's saying because too many times we see mothers out here taking care of themselves first and let the kids struggle after, mm-hmm. okay? And you have to have your children trust you. To this day, my son will almost be 20 years old this year, and he's 
still trusts me because I lived a trustful and respectful life in front of him. I didn't put the cable bill in his name. I didn't put the telephone mm. name, okay? I didn't mess with his psyche by telling him he's just like his father and he's no good. I never said those things to him. I never attacked my son's DNA. Instead, I listened to him, I disciplined him, and I lived a respectful life to the point that the barbershop I took him to in our town, in our county, no man could come through there and say, I know the color of that boy's mother's drawers because mm. it happened. I lived a respectful life. I took my sexuality out of my house over to the next town to the motel if I had to get that. Mm-hmm. Wow. A of respect that women have to give their young children because respect is earned. It's no longer the dictate of you do as I say, not as I do. You have to show these children a model of respect so that they grow up themselves modeling the same thing that they saw you live. My son doesn't see booty call. He sees a potential wife because I talk to him about when he's going to get married. I talk to him about not having a child until he's 35. I talk to him about not settling down until he has something to bring to the marriage table. You see? Hmm. So it's very important to empower our children like that because right now the situation is at a crisis, and it's something that really, really upsets me. Yeah, uh, th- this 84% is, is going to weigh on me for for uh, for a very long time, very long time. Um, Denise, your name bold is, you are bold lioness. Now I know why you say your uh, website is your personality. Listen, we are definitely, definitely going to have you back, hopefully in March, because I want to dig into your book, uh, and the, the title of your book is Raising Princesses to be Kings. A Single Black Mother's Guide to Raising Her Black Son. Uh, because there is a difference raising uh, from a mother raising a daughter than a son. And like you said, you, you, you have to get to know certain things about the male from raising your son. So we're definitely going to have you back. But before we let you go, can you just give us little nuggets from this book and why single mothers, especially single black mothers who are raising sons, need this book ASAP? Single black mothers or single moms need this book because this is the closest rendition of empowerment that is not chastising or judgmental. It's not telling the black mother what they should do but what they can do. Mm. This book is an example of my life. As a single mom, I obtained three degrees, I bought a house, and I raised my son to be a respecting contributor to society. My son is baby-free, jail-free, drug-free, and he is in college sitting in there right now doing his thing. So what I want to let mothers know is you can forgive yourself. You can trust yourself again. You gave your egg to the wrong man. That's okay, but you still have a life. And what God did for me and the epiphany he gave me when my son crossed that stage and got his high school diploma, he showed me at the very highest point exactly what I did to get to where I am. And I want other single black moms to feel that same empowerment. It's such a wonderful feeling when your children are successful. You are a part of that success, and you can have that joy because God gave this child to you. Mm, mm. I, I, and I go back to this phrase that I love, motherhood by choice and not by chance. Uh, eye-opening. I, I, I'm going to uh, be forwarding your website, everything, this show, to many uh, friends, even who those who are not single mothers. 
Now, give us your contact information. If somebody wanted to book you for their show or their uh, a speaking engagement, where could they go to book you? You can always reach me at my webpage at www.boldlioness.com. You can also reach me by email at boldsuniversity at yahoo.com. I'm also on Facebook under Raising Princess to Be Kings as well as Denise Bowles, and that's B-O-L-D-S. Mm-hmm. I can be reached by phone at 845-797-4177. I also have a blog talk radio show, too. Oh, well, plug that, hun. <laughs> I have a blog talk radio show uh, under Denise Bowles, Black Motherhood Empowerment, and we just do some dynamic shows. We just had a great show on yesterday for natural hair. Okay. Because for me, black motherhood is not just about talking about what the woman should have, could have, would have did. It's a holistic approach. It's about safety. It's about her looks. It's about her spirituality. It's about her community. It's about herself. It's just not about, well, you should do this and you should do that. It's it's a little bit more than that. <laughs> wow. And it comes on every Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night? It come, no, it comes on whenever I can get guests, so it's a random thing. So you're going to have to befriend me because uh, I get some really cool people on, but I kind of make my schedule more adaptable to theirs. So I don't have a set night for the show. Okay. Okay. Listen, we're definitely going to follow up. I'm going to be forwarding this. Uh, last nuggets of wisdom uh, before we go. You have been phenomenal. You have opened my eyes uh, and given me insight on how to interact with some family and friends uh, about uh you know, some things that I didn't understand about single motherhood. Well, thank you very much. So last nugget of wisdom, that single mother out there who's listened and she wants to make that change but something is pulling her back, what would you tell her right now? Step out on faith. I did. Step out on faith. You are not going to be destroyed. You are not going to fail. God is not going to let that happen to you. He gave you a miracle. And with that miracle, you are going to succeed. You've got to believe. You've got to be get ready to work hard. You've got to stay focused, but you will not be destroyed. Wow. Denise, you've been dynamic. We're going to follow up with you later and get you back on here in March. If nothing else, you have a fabulous weekend and much success. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, take care. You too. Listen, this show has been, it was insightful, and I, I'm still processing everything Denise said, but if you missed any part of the show, you can listen to the archives in about 25 minutes or so, a uh, dynamic show. Uh, we're going to definitely have her back. Listen, tune in next week. Uh, Shelby Hill is going to be on, and we're going to give uh, a dating toolkit for the marriage-minded and healthy single, and then we're going to have um, uh, the 21st Marriage Rocks, moving from a rocky marriage to a marriage that rocks, and the 25th. Kim Brooks is going to be on talking about how to date and stay safe. Visit TanyaWhite.com. Get Girl You Can Win, the 10 highly essential habits of a winning woman. Yes, you can be anything that you put your mind to, but you need certain habits in your life. That's what this book is about. It's it's a power-packed tool, only about 100 pages, but it will transform your life, your thinking, and your mindset. If nothing else, remember what Denise said, especially single mothers. You can change. You made a mistake, yes. You made giving your seed to the wrong man, but that's okay. You can change, and it really is about the safety uh, and respect of your children. Listen, you have a fabulous weekend, and we 
We'll see you next Thursday. Love you guys. Bye-bye.